Hello, I'm Dr. Claudine Holt, and welcome to the Burnout Proof Podcast. This podcast is for women in medicine who are ready to opt out of burnout, overwhelm, and stress by tuning into their feminine genius so they can create a life and career they love. Let's get into it. Hey friends, welcome back to the Burnout Proof Podcast. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about how to handle the situations in life that we consider as difficult or challenging. You know, that's something that's just part of the human experience. No one is always experiencing situations that are pleasant, that are joyful, that are perfect. We all experience the full spectrum of of life. So that includes the more difficult and challenging situations, as well as those that are more ideal, more positive. And so it's so important to understand that the way you think about your situations in life is, is really critical because oftentimes people think that it's the situations themselves that they're in that are ultimately leading to sort of their outcomes and their results the way life is showing up for them. But what I want to share with you on today's podcast episode is it's actually not the situation itself that you might find yourself in, that you might consider difficult or challenging, but ultimately it's how you really think about those situations. So there's actually two ways you can think about life and the situations of your life that you find yourself in. One way is what I call this autopilot response, where you feel like life is just happening to you. And the other way you can think of life and your circumstances, your situations, is a more intentional way where you feel life is happening for you. When you're in this autopilot response mode, you often feel like a victim because things are just happening to you. You feel out of control, that things are out of your control. It often causes you to feel stuck because if things are just happening to you, then how can you get out of those situations, right? And ultimately, people who are in the autopilot paradigm, they will often default to coping mechanisms to sort of deal with the stress and the overwhelm and the negative feelings that come from this autopilot paradigm. However, when you think of situations as, okay, this might be happening for me, how can I see this as something that is actually contributing to my overall good? You feel more empowered. You feel more in control. Ultimately, you figure out how to get yourself unstuck when you ask the question, well, how how could this actually be working for me and for my benefit? And instead of defaulting to ways to cope, you actually default to powerful methods to heal or to help you get through that particular situation. Unfortunately, most people are in the autopilot paradigm. So most people think that the situations that they find themselves in, the situations that they're born into, are ultimately responsible for their life. There's this sense of almost like negative destiny, right? That situations are beyond their control, that this is just the way it is, that this is just how life has to happen for me, that there's this 
specific course of action that they have to take, that they're expected to take. And the result of this is that you ultimately feel powerless. But Byron Katie said something um, that I think is really, really powerful. And she said, as long as you think that the cause of your problem is out there, as long as you think that anyone or anything is responsible for your suffering, the situation is hopeless. So ultimately, if you feel that whatever is happening to you is due to some cause out there, that means that you don't have any power to change it. But what I have learned to be true and what I have seen to be true in my own life is that the situations that you find yourself in are never the problem. The real issue, the root cause, is how you think about your situation and your perspective on your situation. Because ultimately, your thoughts are what produce the feelings, the vibrations, the emotions, the sensations that you feel in your body. And based on the way we feel, that actually drives the actions that we take, sometimes the actions we don't take, and our reactions, how we sort of just react to situation. And it's those three, those three pillars, if you will, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions that are ultimately producing the results or the outcomes that we get in our life. It's not, it's not the other way around. It's not that the circumstance or the situation that you find yourself in is the cause. It's truly the way you think about those circumstances. So the way to actually manage the situations that you find yourself in, to almost bring them to neutral, is to really tease out the facts of those circumstances, those situations, and to shift your thinking, to shift your perspective about those situations. Now, the way to do this, I'm going to share a four-step process to help you do that, is actually pretty pretty straightforward, but ultimately you have to, to do the work because when you start to try to adopt this new way of, of thinking, this new way of looking at your situations in life, your brain is going to ultimately give you resistance because if you've been doing something one way for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years and beyond, it's going to take time for a new habit, for a new neural pathway to be developed. So I want you to be patient with yourself, but to also be willing to do the work that it's going to take for you to ultimately change your perspective on your circumstances and situations in life. So the first step, what you want to do is just start capturing your thoughts and beliefs. So we have something like 60,000 thoughts a day, which is a lot of thoughts. Most of them are very at a very subconscious level. So that means we have all of these beliefs, these ideas that have been sort of given to us. They've been shaped by our family, our upbringing. You know, if you were raised in a certain religious uh, or faith denomination, if you're raised in a certain culture, there are just certain ways of being, certain thoughts and beliefs that you just sort of inherited, if you will. It's almost like inheriting 
a, a gene or inheriting a condition. It's the same way with, with your thoughts. So early thought formation, really for the first seven years of your life, you're sort of inheriting your thoughts and beliefs from all of the external influences that are around you. So even today, as the adult version of you, you have a lot of thoughts that come from those first seven years of your life. So a lot of your, your actions, your reactions, even your inactions are coming from thoughts and beliefs that you created or you received more, um, more appropriately the, that you received when you were young. So a lot of these thoughts are just constantly going through our, our minds and we're not even aware of them. So the first step is to actually take a step back to kind of slow down and to become aware of your thinking. So I'm a big believer in journaling. I'm a big believer in writing down your thoughts and feelings and exploring them on the page. I found that to be very effective in my own life, but also effective for the clients that I work with. And so what I recommend is that you start to be intentional about journaling your thoughts every day. You want to write down what you're thinking about a certain situation that you're going through in your life. So it could be related to your career. It could be related to your relationships. It could be related to your finances, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health. Just get into the practice of writing down your thoughts in a journal unedited, unfiltered. And the most important thing is for you to not judge your thoughts, to not judge yourself for the thoughts that you currently have, because that's not the purpose of this. The purpose isn't to see your thoughts and then judge yourself for them and say, well, why do I think that? That's, you know, that's ridiculous. The purpose is really to get these thoughts and these beliefs out of you and out of your head and onto the paper. So some thoughts that you might find when you start doing a process like this is, you know, this isn't fair. You know, I'm not sure if I can keep going like this. Everything is so chaotic right now. I can't believe this is happening. So these are just some, some thoughts that are, are maybe common for you when you are thinking about certain difficult or challenging situations in your life. Now, the next step is to choose one particular thought or belief that you'd like to explore. And then what you want to do is be intentional about looking at how the thought is causing you to feel and then how those feelings are causing you to act, react, or not take action. And this is based on something called the model, which was developed by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School, and I'm uh, becoming certified in, in this particular coaching methodology, which I found to be very effective in my own life and with the clients that I work with. And so what you do is you take a situation that you're you know dealing with, and we really just want to focus on the facts of that situation. So we don't add any adjectives. We don't add any, you know, emotional, emotionally charged words or anything like that. We just look at the facts of that situation. And then after you write your thoughts down in your journal, you 
kind of take one thought and it really doesn't matter which thought you choose to work with. Um, often I find that the thought that has the most sort of charge to it, the most, you know, energy behind it, the one that causes you maybe the most distress or the most angst, um, that's usually a good thought to, to work with because you will be able to, to see the shift or feel the shift when you actually go through this process. So choose one thought. And then what you want to, to do after that is after you write down the thought, I want you to feel that thought in your body. So this is where we kind of drop into the embodiment piece and tune into the feeling or the sensation, the vibration, the emotion that is coming up when you think that specific thought. And then once you've done that, you want to look at how those feelings cause you to either take certain actions, to not take certain actions, or to just react. And then you want to write those down. You want to try to really, really get to the root of the actions, inactions, and reactions that the thought causes you to take. And the reason why this is so important is because it's those actions, inactions, and reactions that are actually generating your results. So your results, the outcome that you're, that you're getting is always going to be the result of this kind of flow from your thinking about your situations and the actions that you take based on those thoughts and feelings. Now, once you've done this, once you sort of have this kind of all neatly written out and you can see it in black and white, you can see how it's your thoughts and not your situation that's ultimately causing the results and outcomes that you're getting in your life. The next thing you want to do, and this is where my, my training as an embodiment coach comes in, the next thing you want to do is just allow yourself to feel whatever is coming up. For you become sensitive to how the feelings and the emotions are being experienced in your body so maybe you actually you know describe the feeling with a word and then you notice the location in your body that you're feeling any sensation and you could then look at any other characteristics you know is there a texture to it is there, you know, is there a color? Is there some, some other way that you would describe it? You know, when I work with clients and do this with clients on sessions, I hear lots of different things, you know, like I'm feeling like a, a, a lead ball in my stomach that's spinning and it's surrounded by, you know, vapors or it feels like a gray sludge or it feels like a, a, a mantle that's on my shoulders. So, this is going to be different for everyone. Every body is going to be different. Every body is going to experience feelings and emotions differently and, and be sensitive to them in different ways. So again, the important thing is just noticing it, having an awareness of how it's presenting for you and to you, but again, without any judgment or without any expectation that it's supposed to look a certain way. And then the next thing you want to do, which is actually the most powerful is welcoming those feelings, emotions, and sensations that are coming up. 
even the ones that feel quote unquote negative. Because when you give those emotions and sensations a voice, when you allow those feelings and sensations to be there, when you actually welcome this part of you, then you're actually receiving a part of you that possibly you've pushed aside or that you've, you know, thought to yourself, why can't I just get over this? Or why do I still feel this way? You know, I don't want to feel like this. But whenever you're rejecting any part of yourself, it's really hard to come into integration. It's really hard to come into balance. And ultimately, it's hard to get the things that you want in life because you're rejecting. Ultimately, you're rejecting yourself. You're rejecting a part of you. And this part of you that feels the negative emotions or the negative feelings, it's often that younger part of you, that more primitive part of you, the part of you that maybe didn't get what she needed from her her parents or who didn't get what she needed, you know, from society or, you know, was, was told beliefs and thoughts that caused her deep pain. But ultimately, by giving this part of yourself a voice and allowing this part of yourself to be heard, it actually reintegrates this part of of you kind of back into the wholeness and the fullness of who you are. And so some ways that you can give this part of you a voice is to actually express it. And this is where more of the embodiment techniques come in. So just breathing, just kind of breathing the emotions in and just feeling it allowing the emotions to to come up so that maybe through tears, that maybe through deep emotion, that maybe through sobbing. Also movement, so expressing these emotions through the body, through a movement practice or even some type of dance. And then also sounding, so allowing the emotions to be expressed through the voice as well. And then the final step is after you've looked at your thoughts, after you've gone through the process of seeing how your thoughts are actually leading to your results and your outcomes, and after you actually process the feelings and emotions and sensations that are coming up as as part of that, the last step is you want to actually choose better thoughts and choose better beliefs about those difficult circumstances. So the way that you do that is ultimately understand what you can't control versus what you can control. So things you can't control are other people. That's something that people have been trying to do since the beginning of time, right? Like trying to control what other people are doing. It doesn't work. You can't do it. People don't People don't perform according to your standards or your expectations. So what I encourage clients to do is to have the standards and expectations and boundaries within yourself and then allow people to either rise to those or not. And then you can make a decision about whether you want to keep them in your life or not. But ultimately, you have to understand that you cannot force other people to do to do what you want them to do. Other things you can't control, none of us can control time, right? We can't control the timing of our life. We can't control when things are going to happen or if things are going to happen, right? You can't control 
your employer. So for a lot of you listening to this podcast who are stuck in, you know, burnout or overwhelm or stress related to your job or your career, you often can't control what your employer is doing or their rules or, you know, their kind of the way they structure your, your, your schedule or structure your day. So there are certain things that are beyond your control at work. Same thing with the government. You know, we can vote, we can, you know, exercise that awesome privilege and responsibility, but ultimately we, we can't control what politicians are doing or what the government is, is doing. We can't control, you know, other institutions. So it may be a religious institution. It might be a social institution that you're a part of. You know, you may not be able to control what is happening at the institutional level. And then ultimately, we can't control patterns that are happening in society and patterns that are happening in the world. But here's what you can control. And this is key. You can ultimately control your thinking, your feelings, your actions, your results, and how you are showing up in your life. And that's really, really key. Because otherwise, if you feel that you're just at the effect of what's happening to you, and if you're focused on the things that you can't control, that always is going to keep you looking to the outside, looking for something to change outside of you first, before you feel that you can change what's happening inside. But it's actually the reverse. The reverse is true. You go first, always you start by changing you. The change begins within you. And then when you change, the environment around you change, changes as well. So in my 90-day one-on-one coaching program, that's something that I help women do is understand that changing the outer environment is actually a result of, of shifting the inner environment first. So most of the work that we're doing together one-on-one is actually focused on really shifting and healing this inner environment instead of trying to shift and heal the things that are outside of you. Now, ultimately, it might mean that you end up changing your outer environment in the form of, you know, choosing a different job or, you know, maybe there's a change in your you know, relationship or, or whatever, but we, we don't start with that. We, we don't lead with that. We always lead with you because you are always going to be the most powerful point of change in your life. So if you'd like to explore what that would look like in your life as it pertains to burnout, overwhelm, stress, I invite you to schedule a free consultation. You can go to my website, www dot the and book your consultation and we'll have a full 60 minutes to chat and to really look at what are these situations that you're trying to manage and I want to show you how you can manage you by managing your thoughts and your feelings and ultimately your actions and we do talk about an action plan on these calls because ultimately that's what's going to change the game. It's not trying to manage the the situation and the things that are outside of your control. All right. I'll see you next time.
Thank you for listening to the Burnout Proof Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and recommend the podcast to your colleagues and friends. See you next time.